Starting from Zero, episode 33, zero to 750K in one year, scaling white hat link building with Ryan Stewart of webris.org. You're listening to the Starting From Zero podcast, where we interview successful bootstrap founders to find out how they made it and how you can too. If you'd like to learn more about what it really takes to start a legitimate online business from zero, come check us out at startingfromzero.co. Hello, self-funded founders, and welcome to the Starting From Zero podcast, where we interview established self-funded founders to hear how they bootstrap their businesses to six figures and beyond. This is your host, Max Breckbill, and today I'm pumped to be interviewing Ryan Stewart, the founder of Webris.org, a digital marketing and SEO agency based out of Miami, Florida. Um, over the past year, since March of 2016, he's built the business to 750K in revenue, and um, he's got some, some pretty impressive, impressive clients in the roster. We can't talk about all of them. He's got a couple blue chip corps on there and who need to remain undercover, but, um, but we'll talk about some of his clients in detail as well. Um, without further ado, welcome to the show, Ryan. Appreciate it, Max. Thanks for having me. Really good to have you on. Um, real quick, before we jump into the into the actual show and, and the overview as to what we'll be talking about today, I just want to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting started with my own link building agency, and I really appreciate the transparency that you're bringing to the to the agency market for um, for people who are involved in SEO and um, digital marketing in general. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, there will be some some video links in the comments, but Ryan has been putting out some pretty awesome detailed um, explanations of how he gets work done in his agency, how he streamlines processes, and um, just wanted to say I, I really appreciate the the way that you're bringing transparency and, and offering that to to the market. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to thank me, honestly. It's it's uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's how I sell. You know, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this the other day, um, mm. where they're asking about why we give away pretty much everything that we do, and I told them that it's the by far the easiest way that I know how to just work with bigger clients because my goal is to target marketing managers who know a lot about stuff. And if I can impress them and show them that we have something that they might be missing, then that's mm-hmm. how they want to call it. So um, it's actually seems like it's selfless, but it's extremely selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's not entirely lost on me either. I mean, this is, this is kind of the strategy which I think has made most of the big names, um, you know, in digital marketing these days, successful from Neil Patel to Brian Dean to, you know, looks like you're up and coming and could be on that list soon as well. So, um, so yeah, thanks for that. So my, my overall outline for the show was basically, I was thinking we'd start off by talking a little bit about your background and your self-funded founder story, like how you got started. Um, talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of running SEO for a direct marketing agency uh, with a focus on white hat link building tactics, systems, et cetera. And then finally, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the training program, which actually turned me on to you in the first place. I, I went through the, the free section of it, which is quite extensive, and I, I got a lot of value out of that. And um, have a little blitz round at the end where we talk about some things about you know, how you stay productive on a personal level, how you stay motivated, and you know, where, where this, this Weberish ship is going, and um, then wrap things up. So um, yeah, any questions, Ryan? No, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So Let's just start off by by talking about you know how you got into into entrepreneurship in general. So just for fun, I always like to go back and ask our guests what their first memory is that's related to entrepreneurship. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I never, <laughs> I still don't really consider myself like an entrepreneur, just because you know I was never that kid who was really like talking you know lemonade stuff. That so was just never me. I was always a pretty big introvert, and I really just got into it. Because I just hated 
I just wasn't happy working. I was working at a big corporate shop or a big consulting company, and I just wasn't happy with with them putting ceilings on you. You know what I mean? Like you can't mm-hmm. promote it for two. You can only make this amount of money. You have to do things this way. I just didn't like it. I felt like it stifled innovation, and I was just I was just wasting my time. So I just eventually pushed off my own become an independent marketing consultant. Mm-hmm. And then you know, as things picked up and piled up, and I was getting a lot of traffic and recognition online, clients started coming to me. So like, <laughs> it wasn't even really like the fact that I don't have that whole story of where I was like sleeping in a car and you know, <laughs> selling Pokemon because, cards. Yeah, you know, especially <laughs> when you're working when you're working with marketing services, you're getting money up front. So mm. you know, it's I, I didn't I don't really have like, I still don't really consider myself an entrepreneur. I just consider it almost like a just a better career choice. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like taking a promotion, just taking on more clients. I mean, obviously now that that we have employees and um, you know all these different clients doing all sorts of different things. I fall into that category, but I, I don't even really have an earliest memory of, of being like an entrepreneur because this isn't really something that I really was dreaming of growing up. It just kind of <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't twelve years old dreaming of being a digital marketing consultant and <laughs> and tweaking the search engines and stuff like this. Okay, so um, so. Yeah, I guess that pretty much that's that's starting to explain some other things, which I which I'm curious about. Which is, you know, how did you how did you get into digital marketing? Can you maybe flesh out a little bit the timeline and um, yeah. and you know where where you were when you started working on your own, and um, you know just just the roadmap between working that job, whatever that job was, and um, starting this agency, which um, as you just told me before we started recording, began in March of 2016. Yeah, so there were a number of failures that led up to where I'm at now um, that a lot of people don't know about. So I don't get the opportunity to talk about it. So I'm happy to. Great. I, um, when I was, so I was working for a company called Accenture, very, very big consultant firm. Accenture and Deloitte actually pretty much side by side. Mm. Um, and uh, I was down here in Miami actually working on a client. And, you know, I think like a lot of kind of big corporate jobs, they make you be there for like eight to 10 hours when you really only have like two hours worth of work. So I was really just kind of, um, you know, looking for other things to do because I've always been, I've always been, I guess, kind of like a go-getter. I like to do work. I'm just that type of person. So I just started looking around online and, you know, on Facebook and I started seeing people, this is back in 2012, started seeing people like having success, making money online, which was always in, is always still a very spammy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really started to sift through some of the stories. It wasn't just like people selling people training courses. It was doing things like, hey, building e-commerce sites and like, um, you know, hey, doing SEO. And so I really started kind of like pushing and learning about these things. And the first thing I actually did was um, back in 2012, I was using Instagram. Uh, this is before Facebook bought it. And I just mm-hmm. kind of knew it was going to be a very big and popular network. Like everyone around me was using it. None of my friends, like... This is back to when a lot of people stopped or stopping using Facebook and just using Instagram. Mm-hmm. They were keeping it file, but they were defaulting more to Instagram. So I just kind of started looking into, and there's got to be some opportunity here in terms of being able to make some money. So what I started doing was just trying to build accounts, like grow accounts on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing some dumb shit, like just liking a bunch of pictures and, and people were like following back and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> What ended up happening was I liked this one kid's uh, photo, not that I did it on purpose. I was just liking a bunch of things. Um, and this is before bots, too, by the way. And um, he reached before out. Before bots? Me, yeah, this is before wow. like the Instagram bots that, that, that do it for you. Um, okay, I got it. 
So the Dark Ages, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he then reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, I've got uh, kind of a network of really big accounts, like 100,000 plus, basically like old school meme accounts, right? You know, like the big meme accounts that just post funny stuff and Mm. go crazy. Um, He had a couple of those. And basically what he was telling me was that they have like a huge network of these big accounts that do like share for shares. This is a while ago, mind you. It was like share for share and they would basically help build each other's accounts. And then they would sell advertising space to people on it. The problem was back then was that businesses couldn't give a shit about Instagram. They were like, this is a phase, I don't care. This is that really back before businesses were even taking any social media seriously. Facebook, nothing. So um And that was only that was only 2012. Yeah, this is not that long ago. Yeah, wow. it's crazy how much things have changed. Crazy how much things have changed. Um, so we partnered up and I basically started like taking the business end of I was starting to go to network events and I was basically trying to push people to uh, businesses to buy exposure on these accounts in terms of and then getting their own exposure following, blah, blah, blah. Basically like very initial influencer marketing and then mm-hmm. we started setting up a network. But what happened, it was just too much, but it was too tough to sell. Like I realized that it was going to have to be a tech play and at that point I didn't have any money to invest. Um, and I just didn't, I did me and that kid just didn't really have a great relationship. So, mm. um, we just split off, but it, during that time I met somebody who was doing SEOs back in 2013 and he was just using a lot of like, private blog networks and just making millions, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Wow. And, um, so I kind of teamed up with him because he saw what we were doing on social and he liked it. So he saw it as a compliment. So we started kind of teaching the SEO. And then from there, I was I was just addicted and obsessed with SEO, just realizing how powerful it was and the potential to to really change my own life with that skill set. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I started building my own sites, and then from there, I basically took what I was doing at Accenture and just kind of left and started consulting through those relationships, but for SEO. So I kind of pivoted my career path to become an SEO type consultant, marketing consultant. Started doing a lot of analytics work. And um, eventually got some contracts through really big digital agencies like Safety Nitro. And I got to work with some of their clients like Target, Best Buy, and really lead the SEO for those companies. And, you know, the, the, the kind of craziest part about that is that I had less than a year of SEO experience. Wow. Um, yeah, but it's crazy because, like, you can't, like, nobody's going to college for this stuff. And mind you, I have an, I have an MBA, too. And, right. Um, they didn't teach us any of that stuff, dude. They were teaching us, like, supply chain management and stuff that mm-hmm. is really dated. So... Um, you know, and, and this is something that I tell people all the time too, is that, you know, if you really want to get into marketing, I think you should do it for yourself for a year or two, get all the skills that you can, and then go and apply at a really big agency because, you know, they're not necessarily just hiring kids out of Harvard. Like a lot of other companies are, you can go in and get really good experience with huge companies and really learn the technical part of SEO and analytics and data analysis and data mm-hmm. modeling and stuff. That so, were you about. were you doing SEO for Accenture, or was this just something that you were always doing on the side? I was doing like big data analytics, and then they weren't really trying to hire me to do um, SEO, so I just um, I just kind of left. But mm-hmm. they just used my relationships with the clients that they had to, to come on board through there. Mm-hmm. So, um, became an independent consultant. And then I was doing that for a while, like I said, and then in March. Of last year, I opened up Webris officially. You know, I had the blog, but it wasn't really taking on clients because I just didn't have time and I didn't really understand how to scale up. Mm-hmm. Um, I pushed all in on that, and now, now we're here. Nice Doing man, very well, very cool. Yeah. And um, 
Okay, so so basically, you were you were probably hitting six figures from almost day one of your of your consultancy business. Yes, right. yes. I mean, yes, really since twenty twelve. I mean, I was less, I had a good salary at that company too. So right, right. And so, um, so like, how did you like? What types of what types of SEO packages were you selling initially? Like, um, I, I guess the the kind of the underlying question here is like, if somebody is new to the market right now, and you know, it doesn't have so much reputation. Um, you know, but, but it's developing these skills, like what would be the initial, what would be the initial package that this person should get involved um, in trying to offer the market? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started selling probably what everyone does is like 300 to $500 a month retainers for local businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you quickly, you quickly, quickly realize that that's just not scalable because right. at that level, not only do business owners not care about anything but rankings, which is just not the right way to do SEO. You know, right. if you're sitting there just watching, waiting for the pot to boil, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started with that and then quickly learned that if I was going to do this officially, like I was going to have to get bigger clients. And the only, and the only way I knew how to do that was through content marketing and building the best personal brand and the best brand for the agency as possible. Um, right. So I tell people when they're getting started, if you really want to get started in this, is to actually not target businesses and clients, but to target other agencies. Right. And sell agencies. Um, you know, it, it, honestly, if some hopefully people don't email me, but if someone were to come to me and be like, "Hey, um, I'm an expert at keyword research. This is my rate. Here's some stuff that I've done. If you ever need help doing keyword research, drop me a line. I'm available at X dollars per hour." Right. That right there could go to every agency in the world and have a legitimate shot of getting a response. Right. Keyword research, link building, page title analysis, right. content audits. You can just figure out one thing that you can do very well. Boom. You know, because there's so much stuff that we have to do that you can just get in. And then, you know, once you start getting revenue and it's just, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Gary V says, cash is oxygen. And it really is. Right. It's, it's getting money in the door that it gives you a lot of freedom to do other stuff and really, really focus on growth. Grow on the right way. So, right, right. I was told learn one thing, learn it very, very well, and then go sell to other agencies. Okay, so now I'm I'm about to jump ahead in the interview just a little bit, but um, but why not? Um, it's it's the right time. So, um, you know, if you know, looking at the niches, um, within this kind of approach, the agency first model, and just offer one small component of SEO service, um, which which niches would you go into if you were starting in today's market, and um. You know, ideally, like when, when I think about this, I'm thinking about like what's a niche where I can get good at something and where I can start outsourcing pretty early on so I can, you know, start leveraging my time more effectively. Um, my initial conclusion was, you know, white hat link building because that's a challenge that I think pretty much every SEO has and would love to find a more efficient way of, um, you know, getting that stuff done. But um, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. White hat outreach. I mean, I, I think that. You know, we do 80% of our link building in-house and um, we actually hit a, hit a point where, you know, with our clients, where sat with our operations manager and team and just realized that like even the way that we were doing outreach just wasn't quite working mm-hmm. because it's taking so much resources to do. So we actually started looking for some vendors that could help us out. Long story short, we couldn't find any because it's really hard to find people who do outreach, outreach the right way. Right. Um, so... If people, like, I, I open and answer emails all the time with somebody, even the spammy emails that are like, hey, we can get you placed on helping the post. I still open them <laughs> and one of them. So, like, the point is, is that link building is such an important aspect of SEO that's so hard to do. Even if you're doing it the right way already, it's really hard to scale up. 
So if you can do that very well, if you can just build a process and focus on the system for real links from real bloggers at scale on demand, you've got, you've got a potentially really like a million dollar business if you can scale that up without a doubt. Right, right. And so um, isn't that basically what you guys are doing at Webris or is that something which you're kind of, which you've done to a certain extent, but are like at the point where you're thinking, mm, it would be nice to start passing off this business to somebody else who, who really wants to spin those processes. Yeah. So, so about like when I first, so Webris like officially took on their, our first agency client in March of last year. But before that I had some link building clients. Um, and what I found was that we were I was making a lot of money just suddenly building retainers, like big retainers of clients too. But the problem that I found was that when you're selling links as a KPI, like when people are only looking at links landed as a KPI, right? You completely lose folks of why they matter, which is for organic traffic. So what happens is that when you're selling just links, people look at what they're looking at number of links per month and then cost per link. And once those the number of links starts to go down, the cost per link goes up you pretty much get fired and nobody really wants to do a long-term link building contract. So mm. what I had to do was really shift and say, okay, like we don't sell link building anymore. If you want us to build links for you, we will, but it's going to be part of a bigger retainer. That's going to be SEO. That's going to, we're going to do a technical audit. We're going to do an analytics audit. We're going to do content marketing for you. Because right. that helps us by year long contracts and much higher retainers. And it allows them to get the value of working with our really good outreach team. Mm-hmm. But we're then, I'm tell them like what we sell is not links. We don't sell content. We sell organic traffic from qualified keywords. And the KPIs are month over month and year over year organic traffic increases in their organic sales and or leads um, from organic search. So, so, so is your answer to like the whole, so then, then my question is like, you know, when, when I got into this, you know, when I started looking at this niche initially, I was thinking, okay, man, white hat link building, that could be really cool, right? If you just build the ultimate machine, like you could just, you know, do that forever and you could just, you know, scale that up and, and make a long-term business out of it. So is, I guess the message which I'm hearing is that, yeah, do that maybe to start, but long-term, pretty much everybody's going to want to move out of just doing white hat outreach. And no, I mean, so that's a great question. I mean, that's, that's what I said, but mm-hmm. you know, my opinion on that is everybody's different. Like I just took an objective look at it and I was like, I just don't want to do just link building. I, it's just not what I wanted to do. Right. Um, I felt Link building was what I kind of became known for because I got I just got good at it, doing it on my own for the agency. Then I built that train, then I started publishing a lot of content. So, but it, it you know I'm really good at tech class, you know I'm really good at analytics, and I didn't want to just kind of be as stupid as it sound like pigeonholed, and it was just bad for the business. So like I actually know someone who does way more revenue than we do, who only does link building, and he's completely content with only doing link building. So like mm. I think just an important all businesses and entrepreneurs is to do something that you want to do because you have to wake up every day seven days a week and do it and if you're not if you're not really happy doing it then then there's something wrong so i just wasn't happy with like the constant grind the um mm-hmm. the kpi that and this is also a while ago before i had as much support as we do now so if you've got the support team um mm-hmm. and you can do it, kind of take yourself out of the pain in the ass part of it then yeah dude, exactly absolutely. right i mean we have clients that sell a lot of stupid stuff that make a lot of money. So you can sell whatever you want. You just have mm-hmm. to like doing it. Better get that. So what would be like, I mean, what would be a, a sustainable way to do white hat link building the way I guess your, your buddy's doing it? I mean, would, would this buddy of yours, is he, is he selling retainers or is he still selling um, yeah. results? Is he still selling links? Yeah. So, so I can tell you how I, I'll tell you the couple of models. Um, okay. 
And I'll tell you how we do it because we actually just sent a proposal for our first link building client in a while, mm-hmm. but it was for a lot of money. So right. the way that the way that a lot of people like as me as an SEO agency, I want I don't want to pay somebody retainer. I want to pay them per link, and that's kind of like right. because for a lot of reasons, like a client is giving me X budget, I'm then taking so much of that and putting it to links. I can't go and pay someone like you know three thousand bucks for like oh we think we can maybe this amount. So, right. I would say the best model is to have a price per link, but that's also really hard to do on an outreach basis unless you've got the relationship. So basically for us, and this is where we're at now, is I realized six months ago that like, hey, we shouldn't just keep doing outreach to full people. We should be doing outreach to build a database of people. Nice. So that way we can our own on-demand database. We've got like a thousand bloggers in there now that we can just hit up with an email. Like I just hired one person here locally and all she does is she looks at a new client, she sees what niche they are, she checks our database, and then she schedules out emails to ping them for links over 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the ultimate goal. So technically, we, we could sell per link, but we don't want to spam out our database. Right. Um, so what we do, though, is when people want to hire us, we do retainers, and they're really expensive. And those mm-hmm. are more your like customized campaigns where it's, you know, yeah, we're going to hit up some of the bloggers that we have, but we're also going to do things like broken link building, um, we're going to do things like resource page link building. We're going to do things like um, like infographic campaigns, stuff like that. Because from client point of view, we're getting a lot more perceived value, especially if they're like really into white hat link building and PR and stuff like that. That we're giving them a lot of perceived value. So for that, we charge a really big monthly retainer. That's mm-hmm. around five thousand dollars just for our time, and then we ask for another five thousand for for link expenses, for like blogger fees, for guest post writing, mm-hmm. or infographic stuff like that so that's those are like the two models I would say like if you're if you want to get into it and you want to build a business that scales um, doing the per link basis works you can sell retainers doing it but you've got to kind of have enough brand and cloud and space where people are going to trust you to pay you mm-hmm. five thousand bucks just off the bat for nothing and then another five thousand for link expenses so they've got to, you've got to have that level of brand and trust but you can get there but I think the quickest way to it is just selling links from you know, a database of relationships that you mm-hmm. have a block just marking them up. Cool. Uh, so there are two questions that pop out of that for me. I mean, the first one is, and this is this is also the direction that I was wanting to go anyway, which is, you know, it seems like it would be logical to choose a niche for your link building agency if you're going to do link building, right? So you say, hey, I only do personal development or hey, I only do health and wellness or something like that. And then you should really focus or maybe you just start there, right? And you really focus on building up that database so that you can, quote unquote, deliver on demand. Um, have you, did you ever think about that during your, during your early days while you were doing SEO or is that just, is, I mean, do you, or, but I guess the question I'm getting at is like, do you have a niche now? And, and if you were going to do this, what niche would you go into? Yeah. I mean, we don't have a niche. My niche I tell people all the time, my niche is money. If you can pay our quota. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the but, money niche. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that that live and die by having a one niche, like you know, attorney SEO, um, plastic surgeon SEO, and then because it, it's actually easier to build a micro brand in a niche much faster by just having like one case study, and then you can be like, hey, this is you know, we did this for one lawyer, we can do this for you too. Right. So, so yeah, I would say the quickest the quickest entry point into the market is definitely going after the one niche and getting good at, it, especially if you've got like a database of legal links, like you can kill it with that. Like if it's a very competitive space, um, and then you can literally just Google search like what like companies that do attorney SEO and just ping them and be like, hey, look at here's our database. 
you know, right. here's a sample link just so you can see what they look like. If you're interested, you know, we can, we can sell these to you at cost. Nice. So that's definitely the quickest way into it. But again, I think when you're talking, I'm, I'm just a big fan of scale, right? I mean, like, I mm. think that scale is something that a lot of entrepreneurs are aware of, but really understanding the process of how you get from getting your first dollar in the door to getting your first million to getting 10 and then 100 is it's important. You don't want to limit yourself too soon. So I think getting into the market there is, is, is good, getting the money in, but then also starting to expand into other verticals because then you can basically double, triple, quadruple your business every time you add a niche, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so legal sounds good. I mean, what are some, what are some other niches which you've seen people doing Whitehead Link Building experience success in? Yeah, we have... So I think the, the best niches are the ones that are, are really viral topics online and mm-hmm. viral topics in terms of like blogs online. So an example of this is the marketing space is really, really, really hard to build links in without, I mean, we do it for clients, but we have to charge them a lot because we have to do really good guest posting, right? right. You have a very because, savvy audience, right? Exactly. Right. So, I mean, we're talking about websites that are not only aware of SEO, but they, <laughs> You know, they know why you're doing links and like they're also all pretty much attached to a business. Like if you have a marketing blog, nine times out of 10 isn't going to be some, <laughs> going to be some business, right? So you can't just like offer to pay them for a link, which we do for a lot of other spaces. So like, but then again, if you look at the fitness space, which we have a couple of fitness clients that sell you know, supplements, they sell products, stuff like that. Uh, it's a hugely viral niche. I mean, there's so many fitness bloggers. And there's so many health bloggers and like vegan bloggers and yoga bloggers that are not attached to a business. They're just blogging out of the goodness of their heart and ideally trying to make some money off advertising or something else. Mm-hmm. So in those spaces, you can build a huge database very fast because all you have to do with those people is just send them an email and say, hey, look at um, like basically what we do is I'll just tell you uh, we have we have a couple of pictures, but the one that we're sending out a lot of now is actually coming out from our outreach manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's local here in the office in Miami. And basically the email says, Hey, I came across your website. My name is Evelyn. I work for Webris. Uh, we think you're a great fit for our agency partnership. Would you be mm-hmm. interested in hearing more? So basically just opening it up. And then once they say yes, then she sends them another canned response that says, um, you know, we work with a lot of clients in your space. And basically what we'd like to do is, is sponsor posts and sponsored content. We never talk about links. We never talk about SEO, none of that. We just talk about sponsored content to help our clients get more organic exposure. And then we just say, do you accept advertisements? And like 9.9 times out of 10, they're like, yes. Oh, yes, right. Just say, okay, how much would it cost? And then she negotiates and then we add it to the database. So we have a constant outreach campaign going through Pitchbox that's just finding new sites in all different niches, mm-hmm. automating email, and then she's just kind of responding and building that database. And then as a new client comes on, she's hitting up the database. So I guess I got kind of off topic there, but the point is, is that... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's on topic, Ryan. That's perfect. <laughs> to, 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 to just circle back and answer the question is that I would say that like if you could build a database of, of bloggers in a very competitive space like legal, that would be the easiest way to make money. But finding those bloggers is going to be very, very difficult. It's very hard to build links in the legal space. But mm-hmm. if you all like, so on the, on the flip side of that, that you could easily go out and build 500 fitness and health and wellness bloggers in probably a week's time if you're scaling and using Pitchbox. Right. Um, but those links might be a little bit harder to sell because they're easier to come by. You know what I mean? So there's kind of a trade-off both ways. So 
Right. You know, the good news is you can turn a VA to do all this for you and just build you a database of links and you don't have to do anything. You just build all spaces. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Basically, that makes a lot of sense. And so, um, just, just out of curiosity, like what, what's so challenging about the legal niche? Um, is it just that there aren't so many bloggers or is it just that yeah. it's hard to get in contact with the, the people who own the websites, like the lawyers themselves about this stuff? Yeah, I mean, lawyers are generally just a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work with any attorneys. Sorry if any attorneys are listening to this. It's nothing against you. It's just like attorneys are very, very particular and rightfully so. Right. And um, like they also are not the types that are going to answer, like just the way the law firms are set up, they have like an office manager. They don't have like a huge team of people running around like an agency that's going to answer emails. They don't have a like, content manager. So even getting in touch with the right person there, it's probably going to go to like the secretary who has no interest mm-hmm. in any. And then also, again, most of those blogs are attached to law firms. So right. you can't offer them money. And so one of the tactics that we use that worked really well in the legal space was um, guest post exchanges. Right. So basically what we were and guest posting too. So what we were doing is two things. Is number one in the legal space, you wanna you definitely want to do outreach on behalf of an attorney, um, mm-hmm. or as an attorney persona. Because right. you know, if you're pitching from a, a SEO, you know, website, then people are just gonna see right through it. You have no credentials. So we had a, a, a immigration attorney who we did very great link building for and we were doing guest posting from him. Um, just sending outreach emails to websites about legal that accepted uh, contributors and authors. That was number one. That was pretty easy. And then number two was guest post exchanges. So what we were doing was we were finding just, and this is where you can really imagine the scale now, is we were doing, we were finding uh, law firms in the same city to get like that hyper-local, like Miami-based link, mm-hmm. but offer the same type of law. So he did immigration. He didn't do DUI. We were finding DUI attorneys that didn't do immigration and then mm-hmm. offering post exchange, cool. um, which, which had pretty good success rate. And then what we were doing was basically getting content for his site. And then we were no following the links from uh, his blog to their blog. So basically we were keeping all the link juice from their sites back to, back to his and they were getting all no follow links. Pretty shady, but uh, I don't really care. We do what it takes to get results. So, right. Uh, so that was probably like the next best thing in terms of really scaling up, which again is why it's hard to build a database for uh, legal because you, you can't really get on-demand links. You kind of got to go through it the hard way and do the outreach and content, right? Right. Boom. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So um, I guess another question which is bopping around in the back of my mind as, as we talk about these things is, um, you know, how, how do you determine the value of a link? Like, um, yeah. you know, obviously there's domain authority, but like, um, I don't know. Yeah. What's, what's the market value for a link in a niche these days? How, how does someone go about getting clarity on that? We're looking at, uh, we use SDM rush pretty much exclusively look at traffic. In my opinion, if a site has traffic, like I don't really use DA, nothing against mod, but I think that it's just kind of a, uh, vanity. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a good metric because it's universal and everyone knows it. So we can, it, it gives us a very quick gauge, but it doesn't really tell us about, I mean, especially like we're talking about non-marketing blocks. And this is what's really annoying is that like, you know, everyone in marketing knows about link building. So of course they're going to build links to their site and they're going to raise their domain authority. Whereas, you know, we work with hundreds of mommy bloggers who have awesome blogs, really good content, custom images, curated, mm. awesome profiles, but they don't do link building because they don't know anything about it. And you can so they have like DA five sites, but the links are really, really good because they're writing like 
3,000 word product reviews and Interesting. like 50 comments on them. You know what I'm saying? So like we're looking at, we're looking at site traffic. We're also looking at content quality. We're looking at website design. We're looking at everything. We're just mm -hmm. looking at, is this a real website? Does Google see this as a real website? And right. it's just relevant to our client. Right. So in that sense, you know, it's, it's, we have like a little equation in Google Sheets where it'll pull SEM rush traffic, it'll pull domain authority, and then it will basically run those two and then give it a range and fit back that we should pay for it. But for the most part, uh, uh, just my team be able to look at value and try and understand the impact. And it just comes with experience, you know, just understanding the impact of not just one link, but basically a link building campaign and aggregate of. You know, if we have a thousand bucks a month to spend on on sponsored posts and links, that'll get us call it I don't know, um, you know, twelve to fifteen links. Mm -hmm. You know, is this gonna, you know, just coming from experience, you can kind of understand the impact those links have on traffic, just because we do it so much now. So, um, so we don't have like a set equation, but it, like what we again, what we look at is SEM rush traffic data. Mm -hmm. We'll look at domain just really for more for the client's sake, but then we're really looking heavily at content quality, site quality, um, and social engagement too. Because all those things to me prove more quality than domain <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's something which I'm always having. Like right now, what I've been doing so far is I've been doing the link building um, on a performance basis with like a little, you know, upfront cost for finding the prospect and, and doing outreach to them. And then, you know, a per link, a per link, um, you know, success fee commission. And um, I, I'm pretty sure that my, my rates are way too low um, so I'm, I'm going to be raising those really soon, but, um, but yeah, I'm always curious about like what the best way is to actually decide, you know, what, what a fair price for a link is. And, um, you know, I mean, does the market just, I don't know, sometimes it seems a little arbitrary. Yeah, it really is. And people and a lot of link vendors too. I mean, I could like, basically we pay internally, uh, our data is about like $72 per link. Wow. Across all. I mean, sometimes they're as low as like 35 bucks, but sometimes they're as high as like 200 bucks, depending on the site. Wow. But it, comes to an average of about 72 bucks landed. Um, wow. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how we gauge too. We understand that, you know, if somebody wants 200 bucks for a low quality site, then they, they just know that like, no, I'm not going to do that because we have tons of data. I mean, we've got like 3000 links that we built the last two years. So they can look at that and understand that too, just help them understand kind of the range of what it should be. Right, right. Okay. And so we're talking about like 72 bucks for a link. And I, I know that DA isn't your favorite metric, but like what kind of range are we talking about in terms of DA? Anywhere from five to like, I don't know, 70, you know? Five to I 70. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really, it's tough to say too, because, you know, we're talking I mean, factoring out, factoring out sites like Blogspot and, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We don't build links on those. Um, yeah. Up to 70. I mean, we build quite a bit of links on like Huffington Post now too. We just have authors that we pay like a hundred bucks you know for a post so factor in those two mm -hmm. um you know, 90 i mean those links are really easy to get if you just find the right person mm -hmm. um, right so it, you know it really really depends too because you also got to factor in the fact that most of our links are the guest post or sponsored post but um you know the cost is going to vary depending on you know because that 72 dollars landed for both just pay payments so like advertising payments but also the cost of content that we pay right Right, right, right. Yeah. So that makes a little sense. You'd have to really look at the whole database. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's not so simple. So that $72 is including the cost of the content creation. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, 
I, I guess this brings me to another question, of course, which is, you know, when you're looking at the kinds of links that you guys are building, like, um, you know, I, I think I remember listening to you say in one of your videos that you get pretty much 80% of them through guest posting. Is that yeah. the case? And if that's yeah. the case, then where does the rest of the 20%, how does that break down between campaign yeah. types? It's probably a little bit so that I'm not sure when I said that, but in the last two months, we've really shifted to be more 80% for sponsored links. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just more scalable. It's easier for our team to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I would say 100% comes from guest posting and um, and um, guest posting and um, sponsored. sponsored. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like what I've, what I've been doing is I've been experimenting, you know, with, um, white hat outreach for, well, basically skyscraper outreach for people who are like, you know, already creating the skyscraper content. And, um, man, that's just like, that's a roll of the dice every single time I've been finding. Um, I've had a couple clients where that goes really well. And I'm just like, for next to nothing, you, you generate 2k worth of links and everybody's happy. And other ones where it just nothing happens. Yeah. And, I, um, I, I love Brian Dean. I think he's literally the pioneer in, you know, between him and Rand Fishkin, probably like the two pioneers in really like modern SEO, you know, mm-hmm. but the problem with it is, is number one is once people start talking about it, that shit just doesn't work anymore, especially right. in the marketplace. Right. Um, I mean, what I tell people to all the time is again, like focus on what scales, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't baseline the number of links that you can get per month. It's really hard to sell it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. really hard for someone to be like, yeah, we're going to do this campaign, but we have no idea how many links you're going to get, but we're pretty confident that we can get you a couple. You know what I mean? As opposed right. to being, we're going to do guest posting, we're going to pay for links. If you're not comfortable with it, then go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly how much you're going to get for exactly how much. And, you know, we've already justified the cost in terms of like, we believe that these are links that are going to drive organic traffic. And if you trust the process, this is how much you owe us, this is how much you're going to pay. So, so it's, it's it's just, it's scales too. Like we can do an amazing link building campaign for one client, but when you have 25, 30, 40, 50 clients, like it's just not scalable at all. So um, I always tell people just focus on methods that scale, even if it's not the sexiest method and things that people want to do. But at the end of the day, if you're getting results, that's really all that matters. Like nobody really cares if a link came from Skyscraper or if it came from buying it. What they care about is did that link drive traffic, organic traffic and rankings. That's really all that matters. So um, doing that in a scalable way is, is, is critical to success and growing the business in my opinion. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of awesome, awesome input so far, Ryan. Thanks so much. Um, you know, I guess one of the things which I kind of wanted to, to backtrack towards is, um, maybe we can like just maybe take, um, Weber's as a bit of an example. And, you know, it sounds like you guys are, well, you guys are a profitable SEO agency. Um, can you can you break us down a little bit more like what that agency looks like or if you don't want to talk about your agency specifically like what you've seen in the marketplace in terms of you know like how how big is your team what are the roles that are happening there how many clients are you serving um you know obviously it would be really cool to kind of have a benchmark for like what profit margins look like on a well-run SEO business um sure. I totally understand that that's sensitive information um we talked about niche and then and then finally Sorry, I'll say that last question for after we after we get these these other ones out of the way first. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about our agency and our team. I'm actually trying to do more of that and pull myself out of this because mm-hmm. you know the problem with building a personal brand is that people then come and expect to work with you, and it's like, no, dude, I can't answer your emails and can't talk to you on Skype whenever you want. Like, this isn't a consultancy; I don't work for you. Yeah, just for the record, guys, um, when I when I logged into Skype today, I saw that um, Brian has a great message. <laughs> at the top of the Skype, which says, please don't say hi or hey, just tell me what you need. 
And I was just thinking, man, this guy probably is getting bombarded with them. Yeah. I mean, people are, especially like from the overseas spammers too, they find Mm -hmm. my stuff. I get like probably like three or four random messages a day. It's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to, even for my own team, so perfect transition into into our team. So uh, we're we're headquartered in Miami here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, let me see how many people are here right now, five people, uh, five people here locally in Miami. Mm-hmm. And those people, you know, to be 100% honest with you, like, I wish I could give the answers on like the exact people to hire, but it's just something that I'm still figuring out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I have one girl, she was in here earlier when we were talking, she, was, she left. Um, but I'm basically, I hired her to do one thing to do like link building specific stuff. But you know, it just didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Like she wasn't the right fit for that, but I already invested two months of training into her. So I couldn't just like get rid of her. So mm. you know, I pivot her role. And now I'm using her as like office manager. We have an e-commerce site here too. She, she manages all that stuff. So, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but basically um, the people that I have here locally, I have uh, Caesar. He's been with me. He was my first hire. He's, he does basically our operations. I'm really grooming him to kind of take my spot and just kind of, basically serve as CEO, whatever you want to call it, to just manage everything day to day so I can really pull myself out and focus on mm. anger clients and focus on getting more clients. That's really all I want my role to be here. Um, so he's kind of manages the day to day, especially the SEO stuff. And then I've got a couple more people here locally. I've got a content manager here locally, two content managers locally, a graphic designer, um, a Facebook ad specialist, and then a link outreach specialist to kind of manage all that. So basically all of, like the big buckets of what we do, I have one, person here locally mm-hmm. um, who can manage a lot, basically training them to almost be like really, really good project managers that are also really good marketers, mm-hmm. um, really training them on how to offshore because nice. you know, my opinion is that, um, you know, if you're doing anything twice, you're doing it the wrong way, especially like I'm not going to pay an American a lot of money to like do the same thing over and over and over again. It should either be automated mm-hmm. with rule or we can push it offshore to somebody who can do it a lot cheaper. And is actually happy to do it because Americans right. are also very big pain in the ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Like we don't like to do anything. That's uh, you know we think that we, we we deserve the world, so people don't like to do stuff anymore. So um, so basically, I have those people here locally. Um, they're awesome. I love them. They're, they're incredible. Um, but then we have quite a bit of people offshore too. Um, we've got three offshore designers. They're really really good. We're doing a lot more website design, landing page design, social media design, content design, stuff like that. Um, then I've got a team of web developers that we have full time. They really just support webbers because we do a lot of website changes in our e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got uh, two analytics guys that are really, really, really good. They're good. They can do end-to-end analytics implementations. They can also pretty much do any sort of like major SEO implementation. So like after an audit, actually executing the stuff. Right. Which I'll talk about, remind me to talk about more in a second is the execution piece of what we do. Yeah. Um, and then I've got basically a team of six just grinders. <laughs> right. Basically do anything that you want for two to three bucks an hour that are just incredibly hardworking. And uh, we use them for to, to find bloggers. We use them to do to find influencers online. We use them to do um, like product page building, like basically like any sort of like WordPress stuff. They, they, they can do quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have that. And then I have a guy who's a contractor that I use and I'm trying to bring him in full time to do, he does like Google Sheets automations. He's awesome. Um, yeah. We have to talk about that. <laughs> talk about that. 
So I've been using it quite a bit and we've been teaming up on a lot of stuff. We just redesigned the website and a bunch of stuff we've been working right now. But mm. um, but yeah, so he's I've been working with him quite a bit to to really automate a lot of the processes in terms of like our reporting, in terms of client onboarding, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just really powerful. So basically the way that I'm trying to set up this team, and I'll talk about the execution now, is to be okay. So I used to work big agencies and what I found at big agencies they're really good at like building reports and stuff and I'm not talking shit but like they don't do anything they're not going to execute anything they're going to do like a 50 page report and then yeah. they're kind of like here you go client like you know have fun <laughs> so what we're trying to do is really educate a lot of our clients and be very open with like hey we offshore late we offshore work like it's nothing to be scared of these people are smart they're intelligent they're very good at what they do we just pay them less it's good for business um, and hey, we can handle all of this stuff that that big expensive agency is basically just dropping your stuff into a tool and doing some fancy cell work and telling you, hey, go change a thousand page titles. We can do that. Oh, by the way, we can do a better audit too. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to position ourselves as that mid-range cost SEO agency where retainers are between like five and 10,000 a month. Um, because I think after you get over 10,000 a month, it, for SEO anyways, like it's really hard to justify that cost um, just in terms of like ROI for the client, unless you're doing it for like Target or something, right? Mm-hmm. But also when you get over that number, like 10,000, what clients are looking at is they're looking at the hours that you're really working to justify that amount. So basically when you get over that amount, what you become is almost like a contractor for them. And then they're just a huge pain in the ass. They're looking at hours, they're looking at deliverables. Whereas with us, we're trying to say, here's our fee. This is what we're working on. These are the hours associated, but like you're not going to hold these to us because we're not your employees. We're a partner that you work with to do SEO. This is what we cost. We're basically taking the place of an internal employee for you, and we'll do everything. Um, right. So really trying to position ourselves as like really good at strategy, but then even more importantly is execution. Like you can come to us and we can do anything for you. We can implement anything, and if we can't do it, we'll go out and hire somebody who can and manage that person. So that's kind of like the direction of where I'm trying to take this agency is to be that, you know, not cheap, but mid to high, high range agency that can, you know, we're honest, we're open, we're mm-hmm. young, you, you know, we know what we're doing, we've gotten results and, uh, you know, we're actually going to do stuff for you, believe it or not, you know what right. I mean? So that's how we're set up and really how I'm trying to position the agency going forward. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a couple other friends who used to work in big agencies and that's a very similar story that you hear all the time. It's just like, Oh yeah, well, you know, <laughs> You don't really have to do anything. You just have to, you know, make things look pretty. And like the the actual yeah, deliverables are just. What I really learned, sorry to, me to cut you off. What I really learned at work for the big agency is number one is how to do like really good reporting. <laughs> documents. But I mean, it's a good skill to have. That's of course. I team on it now because, you know, when you do work with their clients, like you can't just send them email and be like, hey, we updated this. Like they want to report. And that's a skill set. So I learned communication. I learned how to get on calls with them. And walk them through stuff and keep them happy because client management is a very, very real thing that's really hard to do. Right. And like, so I learned how to bullshit because, you know, when you're working at a big agency, you have a weekly, like you basically, when you work at a big agency and you have clients, you basically work for them, you know? Right. So have like weekly status calls and they feel like they can treat you like shit because they're paying, not you, but their company is paying your company a lot of money. So they can kind of like talk down to you and, and take out their frustrations on you. So like, learning how to bullshit and, you know, we find some like, what are you working on this week? It's like, it's a very real skill set to be able to <laughs> them make them happy. You know what I mean? So oh, that's God. really what it's invaluable, but um, I hated working there. I despise it too. Cheers. Okay. So um, 
Yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. So I, I guess the, the logical next thing to talk about, which I've, I've got a whole little section of bullet points here. Um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about execution. Let's talk about the systems and processes. So for anybody who hasn't checked out, um, Ryan's stuff before, um, I'll have a video in the show notes here, but he basically has a couple of videos where he just, you know, dumps out massive amounts of, of value in terms of like how they get work done in their agency. And I recently watched the one, I think this was from June of 2016, or July, where you basically showed how you you just had a quick rundown of everything that you guys do in the agency, how you have the Google Sheets automations, all that stuff. Um, I want to ask you about that system that you show in the video, um, in the how we run our agency video. How long did it take you guys to build that? And um, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about like what the challenges are behind that, and and what it takes to create a create a machine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still not done. To answer a question quickly like basically sure. when I look at that video and now that we're doing it's completely evolved into something much better in my opinion that's another huge goal of ours is to like it's just who I am I was an athlete growing up incredibly competitive person like I want I don't really care about money I don't really look at revenue goals my goal I want to be the best SEO agency in the whole world and I want everyone to know it I want everyone <laughs> to know that we have all right so that's what that's all I want that's all I care about money right so Rest, so in, in know, like whatever. enlightened enlightened egotism you you, you exactly. align you align that with the interests of everybody else and and we can all be cool with that. Yeah, sure. So, so basically, <laughs> I see us doing this. So like where a lot of people, I think what a lot of agencies do wrong in service providers is they're not constantly trying to improve. Right. They're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. Whereas every time we take on a client, we have a process that we follow, but we're constantly updating that process. So basically, if you were to work with us this time last year, then or you know starting with us in March of last year, you would have gotten basically the same service, but now it's just so much better. I mean, little nuances too, like I've hired a graphic designer to like create custom blog posts and stuff like that, that we weren't doing before. That doesn't cost me that much when we're talking about using one person for all clients, but the perceived value that I can give to a client to be able to design custom posts mm-hmm. based on their brand is huge. It's humongous. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, so the process that, that, I've drawn up is basically, I call it like four buckets. It's analytics, it's technical, it's content, and it's promotion. Mm-hmm. Those four things will never change, no matter what happens to SEO. I mean, obviously, I'm not not whatever happens, but for the foreseeable future, those four things will get results if you execute them right the right way. Right. What we do with those and how we execute them efficiently, quickly, and on time and perfectly is an itemized process that we're constantly building, right? In terms of like getting the right people in place, mm. um, deliverable dates, uh, how we're structuring the actual deliverable, what it looks like, the template that we're using. So everything that we're using is templatized, but it's constantly evolving over time. And like, you know, we're able to service 25 and growing clients with this small of a team. Uh, and our team just scaled up. I just hired three people here locally, so I'm not going to hire for for a minute because I think now we're in place to reach the next stage, which is like 50 clients. But if mm-hmm. you want to skip up, you have two options. You can either hire a shitload of people, which is a nightmare. Hiring mm-hmm. people is a freaking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Or you can build a process, you can build a machine, you can look for automation solutions, and you can teach your team to be hyper-productive because it actually makes them happy too because none of my team actually wants to go through and find 10,000 bloggers online. They don't want to do that. I'd rather just have them manage it. So mm-hmm. teaching them educating them on the tools and the how to build their own processes and constantly refine that process is something that I tell all of them when they come on and start working here is that you're working off a process, but this process is yours to own it. 
and I expect you to make it better. You know what I mean? So nice. I'm telling them and empowering them to improve, to use the process. And once they kind of understand how it works, they love it because then they can work from home. Like I just had uh, our content designer, she went to Columbia for a month. And she's able to do that because of the process, because of our communication, because of our project management. She's able to do whatever she wants. That makes her happy. That makes me happy because she's going to work here and do a better job. You know what I mean? So, like, these are the types of things that, again, I think a lot of people know, but they don't really, they don't really talk about in terms of, like, you know, building process, hiring the right people, training them, and keeping those people happy. Because if one of those people leaves, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a freaking nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare. It sucks. So, uh, you know, these are things that, as I'm growing to, I'm realizing are very important. That mm. I'm not focusing on the latest. That's like I haven't run an SEO blog post in like two years. Wow. I don't care because I have the data that I know. I know it works because we're doing it. Mm. Now I can just focus on the things that I know matter, which is like my team training and then getting more clients for this business. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that pretty much answered the question that I had immediately after you were talking about you know the system, which is you know, who's banging on the system, who's making the system better. And it sounds like it's not just you, but it's your entire team as well. Um, which I think is really cool. It's mostly me, but I, I especially okay. see really, really mm-hmm. pushing him daily to, to do it because I just don't have the time, but everyone mm-hmm. needs to do it for sure. But you are able to outsource components of like the system implementation, right? Like it sounds like you're kind of masterminding the system, but then you've got this guy who does Google sheets for you. So you don't have to like, you don't have to get super wonky with the with the equations and stuff. No, I mean, uh, like what a lot of people don't like. I think a lot, actually, let me rephrase that. There's a lot of SEO companies that make a ton of money that don't really do any SEO because mm-hmm. what they found out is they know how to sell it, they know how to plan for it, and they know how to outsource it. Right. So essentially, where we're going to be eventually is we're probably not going to be doing any of the actual like work. We'll be doing the strategy and we'll be doing the client management. But it's where I want this to go is to have offshore teams handle all the delivery because that's the time consuming part. Like if you can put together a good project plan that's literally itemized by the line, like for what needs to be done that day, who would need, who's doing it, everything. Once you have that, you can just look at it and be like, okay, we need to do keyword research. Who can do keyword research and assign that to somebody? You know what I'm saying? So like mm. it's really more about building a plan and then having the people in place to execute it and then... You know what I mean? That, that's, again, is how you scale. It's how you right. grow it to another level. Quality control can become an issue. That's why like, I think growing slowly is very important mm-hmm. because we went through a, a period of really rapid growth where we had some client loss because we just couldn't get everything done. Right? You know what I mean? It was just too much stuff to do. So, um, yeah, got the original question. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's totally fine. Um, well, the, the original question wasn't quite, wasn't quite flushed out. And, and basically that question is actually now... Um, what are some best practices that you use for, for structuring the system, for thinking about the system? Like how, you know, for somebody else, cause I'm, I'm basically, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I'm, I'm using some of the templates that you've thrown out there and I'm tweaking them and I'm, you know, trying some of my own ideas on them. Um, probably nowhere near as sophisticated as, you know, what I just saw in these videos the other week. But, um, but like, how do you, how do you work on that? Like, how do you, how do you structure the process of improving these systems? It's kind of a meta question, I guess, but yeah, I mean, it's what's your, what's your system for working on systems? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, everything's in Google sheets, like, like, as you know, so, um, 
I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess it's also just kind of like my brain. It's just the way that it works. Like, we've literally redesigned our website 12 times in the last year. 12 mm-hmm. times. Fully That's-, That's just crazy. Like, I, I just have <laughs> incredible anxiety about everything. And mm-hmm. I'm constantly just, like, looking for, I'll see something. I like it all integrated into, into what we already have. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I think once you have, like, the hardest thing, it is literally just going to an Excel spreadsheet and writing down everything that you need to do for a client for the next year. You should know it too. Like if you're taking on a client doing SEO, there's certain things that are unknown, but you can kind of plan for them, right? But like if you know you have to do a technical audit, you know you got to do like analytics, you got to set up goals. Like all of these things should trigger its own sub process. If you can just write them all down and then map those sub processes out too, you have a list of everything that needs to get done. And then again, from there, it's kind of like basically process based on client feedback like one of the things that we that we that we stopped doing was actually competitive audits because it just brought up so much more headache it didn't add enough value to the client we thought it was going to mm-hmm. but it ended up just being a nightmare because there were coming up like a million questions so like that was something that we ended up scrapping completely because it didn't really help us it clearly wasn't helping them and it was just becoming you know a time management nightmare so like there's certain things that you have to understand in terms of like again perceived value to client and then actual value or actual cost of my agency doing it, which is people cost and then headache cost too, which to me is like my number one thing. Mm. I, like the cost of someone being a headache is not even, you can't even put a monetary value on that, how bad it is. <laughs> Absolutely. So the process just kind of like, I don't know how it evolves, but it's just constantly evolving just based on, you know, client doesn't like a report, we'll go back in, we'll change the template and then we'll roll it out across all clients. So one ripple is actually a felt across all of our clients and that's how we continue to grow. And then actually when a new client comes on, they're basically getting the fresh process. You know what I mean? So every client that comes on, our goal is to keep them, you know, as happy as possible. So every new client that we take on is getting the best possible version of the service that we can deliver. Right. That makes sense. You know, just as a quick aside, um, you know, talking, talking about headaches and like what, what you deal with, you know, I don't know if we dug into like what your day to day existence is like in this business right now. Um, you were saying at the beginning of the call that you want to pull yourself out of op- ops a little bit more and, and be able to hand off and delegate more. Um, can, can you maybe like flesh out like where you were at the beginning of this agency in terms of like doing ops and like what your, you know, daily routine was like and sure. where you are right now? Yeah, I was doing everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> everything. Like literally, literally doing the outreach, sitting in Buzzstream, banging on those emails, finding. I mean, when you have like, when you have only one or two clients, you can, I think you should do it. I think like hiring people is a headache and it's not only going to cost you money, but your time that your time when you're first getting started off cannot be wasted. Mm. I can waste a little bit of my time now because I have people and you know, we have money in the bank now. So I have that cushion so I can sit on here for you know an hour and a half in the middle of the day and, and, and do something like this. But you know, when I was first getting started, I was getting up at 4am every day and I was working until 10pm. And I was doing that seven days a week. Uh, But I mean, that was how I was making a living. And I knew that the only thing that I could invest at that time was, and that was also how I mitigated that, like going from the good $250,000 I was making as a consultant on my own to starting to push into the agency, which, you know, I don't, I'm too bougie, man. I can't go backwards in lifestyle. (laughs) I was about to take that. Like I said, I'm not an entrepreneur, dude. Like I'm not about to sleep on a couch or in my car. Like F that, dude. I like my condo. I like living good. So I knew that the the trade-off for that was either going to be money or it was going to be my time. And I was at a point where, you know, I was in a relationship with no kids, not married. 
that my time was what I had to give. And also my time was also the most valuable to the client. So, you know, I was able to build good relationships, deliver a good service. And then also, you know, like I tell, talking to our Facebook ads girl here yesterday where I was talking about like, you know, the best thing about doing Facebook ads is because you get to play with other people's money. So, mm. <laughs> you know, the only way to learn marketing is to actually do it. So when you've got a couple of clients and you're doing it all yourself, you're getting so much data, you're getting so much just skills and value and learning about different business types and how Google ranks different types of industries, and different websites, and different link building tactics, and all this stuff. And you're getting access to all their data. Like, there's just an incredible growth period that happened for me, too, in terms of becoming a better marketer and a better just everything, just going through that process of having to deal with, um, you know, selling and having to deal with client management and having to deal with project management, having to deal with execution, having to deal with upset clients, reporting, all that stuff. Mm. Where I understood the full life cycle of a client. And then I could build our own process for that. And then I could start to understand who I needed to hire to help me out. You know what I mean? Right. And again, that's still a process that, that all agencies and businesses go through in terms of hiring. Like there's no, there's no answer for it. You just have to figure it out. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to waste a lot of time and money. But like once you get that, that formula right, like I have right now, um, I'm able to do stuff like this. So now my time is spent um, like – lot of client management my clients still email me we have no account people mm -hmm. so clients all of our clients email me directly so i spend quite a bit of time in email that's like the next thing we get off my list um and then i spend quite a bit of time on project management just kind of making sure that everything across the agency is running smoothly along with caesar we work together on that mm -hmm. and then quite a bit of time on calls with clients like probably two to three hours a day on calls with clients and then another two to three hours a day on console calls with prospects depending on how many leads we had come in that week um and then i like to try and spend the rest of my time on marketing for the business right actually rephrase that the rest of my time goes to training my team so like four hours a day goes to just sitting with everybody on my team and making sure that they're good asking you know i tell them all the time that you know I can't offer you top dollar salary here, but what I can offer you is a top notch education in marketing. And I will personally work with you if you come work here and I will turn you into the best possible marketer that, that you can be. And if it doesn't work out here, you can get a job anywhere else and do very well or start your own agency. So right. I spend a lot of time with my team. I think the, the transfer of knowledge and just the time that I'm able to spend with them, they, they actually care about it and it means something to them. So I spend a lot of my time with them. Um, just training, answering questions, and then just, you know, shooting the shit and stuff like that. And then I spend my nights. I still work a lot. I still work probably like 7 a.m. To, to 10 p.m. I spend my nights uh, working on the brand. Right. Um, video planning. Um, and then like back, back end business stuff too, like uh, paying the bills, which is always fun. But I just hired an account too, so that's, that's off my plate. <laughs> wow. So that sounds like, that sounds pretty intense. <laughs> um, I mean, just out of curiosity, like, do you, do you see like, I guess, I guess you probably, I don't know, my, my hope anyway from like hearing this is that you probably love what you're, what you're doing right now in terms of these hours and what you're working on. I'm obsessed, man. It's, it, it's, it's, it's like, I'm going to tell you something <laughs> that, you know, like I was in a relationship for three years. We just broke up last month because, um, like I, I'll fully admit that like the way that I'm living my life is not healthy, but I don't care because this is, this is my passion. Like this is all that I think about. Like, I don't. I don't want to go to bars, man. I don't want to go to the beach. Like I just want to sell shit online. That's all that I want to do. I'm obsessed with it. So wow. 
it's no doubt like I, this is not a lifestyle business for me like i don't want to sit on the beach with my laptop i want to build this into a huge agency i want to be a brand mm -hmm. and like you understand once you get a taste of that success and you see getting results it becomes addictive this is right. just my it's just for me so you know i'm at the point where this isn't this is my life this is my entire life i don't <laughs> right I told you, Last night I went out for the first time in, in like, I don't know, six to eight months was the first time I went out for a couple of years just because. Sure. Um, and I hate to get on like the whole Gary Vee like hustle stuff, but like I, I don't talk about it because I think it's very cliche and, you know, he's talking about it now and I think it's very annoying and condescending to like tell people to work harder. I think you should do what you want to do and what makes you happy, but right. this is what makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to watch TV. I'm good. You know? Right, right. Yeah, because I mean. Yeah, and, and that's that's a uh, uh, that, that makes me happy to hear that for you. <laughs> I got to be honest, because like um, I, part of my thought initially though as well, listening to like you talk about like what you're doing is it just seems like it seems like there are still some things that could be outsourced. I'm guessing, you know, mm -hmm. like it seems like I, I think you probably have the ultimate benefit from like being this involved in your business at this stage. Um, is my guess because you know you're you're just accelerating your learning like nobody's business right now. I imagine, but. Um, but on another level, I also kind of am thinking, well, you know, I bet Ryan could probably outsource the email. I bet he could get one account manager and start to like, you know, get a little bit more free time. But I mean, what, what do I know? I don't know. No, dude, I mean, you're, you're 100%, 100% right. Now, I think it's very important to note, too, that like just because I'm talking about your podcast doesn't mean that I know anything. And that, again, that's just something across the entire internet. Like you have to do the way that I'm running my business. I have a friend down here who makes 20 million a year from his agency and he does things the complete opposite. Complete opposite. He's completely closed off with clients. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't send them links. He doesn't do anything, but he kills it. And he he's constantly giving me shit about the way that I run my business. And I'm like, look, dude, like mm. this is the way that I know how to do it. Right. I'm not. There is no right way to do anything anymore. Okay, like this is the wild west. Like you do what works for you, and you do what you like to do. So, right. Yeah, 100 percent know that I can outsource a lot of stuff, but you know, I'm also looking at the revenue and saying. That four thousand, three to four thousand, I'm an account manager. I can put into Facebook ads and get, you know, five hundred thousand video views. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. I, I'm at that point too, where we're not, we're still not a big company. We do all right, but like we have a lot of costs. Our margins are good, but they're not great. Right. Um, and I, you know, I don't take any money out of this business. I'm, <laughs> I take nothing out of it. We're highly profitable and highly well. Everything that just goes right back into right, right, people and building this. Yeah, just keep on keep on growing. Cool, man. Yeah, again, thanks for thanks for taking the time. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot. There are a couple of questions that uh, we couldn't get to, but um, but let's let's hear a little bit about this training program. This is initially what turned me on to Ryan. I was looking around for um, you know you know what's what's a good way to you know start scaling a white hat link building service, and I ran across this course. And I, I looked through the first couple chapters of you know what's available for, for free there, and um, it was um, it was really helpful for me. So tell us a little bit about what it was, what it's going to be. It sounds like you're going to be updating the content soon and um, anything else that's coming out from Webris in the next couple months. Yeah. So like you said, I have this white hat link building training that did very, very well for us. Uh, really, really helped to boost our revenue and just that ridiculous margin too, which is always nice. Um, and I'm actually still trying to dig out like the difference between agency and training revenue and margins and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um very, very well with about 90% margins on like quarter million dollars. Incredible. Um, so basically, you know, I look at how much work I do with clients and I really want to scale up the training side because it's an insanely big business and it's just so much easier to sell to other marketers. <laughs> really right. easy to sell. So what I'm doing is 
doing in just end-to-end -end SEO. I really want to focus on like newbies too. So people who don't even know what SEO is, I'm building um, a very, very intro level training that teaches you how to build a website in WordPress and then optimize it and then getting into very advanced tactics like advanced technical SEO audits, you know, like how to audit huge websites, um, everything, very detailed, how to do Google search console audits, analytics audits, um, how to do content marketing, how to do it at scale, and then folding the link building stuff. So basically, an end-to-end -end SEO training that will be, you know, you can jump in as a beginner or you can jump in as an expert and pick up right there. Um, and then also folding in some sort of ongoing features too, like, um, you know, bi-monthly webinars with industry influencers um, that are going to be closed to people in there. Um, you know, messaging boards and questions for me and my team that will answer every day. I'm going to have a full-time moderator in there. So any questions that you have in the training or not will be there on demand. And then also folding in a lot of things like these Google Sheets templates that we built. So really getting into agency automation tools, automation tools for teams, reporting templates, proposal templates. Basically, if you run an agency, it's going to be kind of like an agency in a box. And if you work at, you know, Target and do SEO, it'll still be applicable there too. We can take all of our templates and basically just like SEO campaigns, just plug and play, you know, copy and paste this Google Drive folder, follow these videos, and you can do world-class SEO in two months. Sounds awesome, man. Thanks again for coming on the show, Ryan. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the, or yeah, one last thing. Um, is there anything else that you need right now? Um, you know, if there's anybody who's listening to this episode and is thinking, hey, Ryan Stewart's a pretty badass dude, I'd like to contribute to what he's doing in some way. Um, is there an ask that we can that we can help hook you up with? Um, not off the top of my head. I mean, definitely join our Facebook group and, and connect on social. I'm very active there. And um, if I need something in the future, then I'll be happy to post it. Sounds good. So we'll have all those links in the show notes where um, you guys can check out some of the videos he's been doing and um, some of the tools he's been sharing and his Facebook group as well. And um, yeah. Thanks so much again for coming on the show, Ryan. And thank you, self-funded founders, for listening to this episode of the Starting From Zero podcast. And um, stay tuned for the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.